Before we start the show, I want to thank the thousands of you, the thousands who have read This Book Will Make You Dangerous. Many of you have told me that the book's unique way of exploring fear, confidence, and purpose has had a lasting impact, that it's much easier for you to get clarity and direction about what really matters and what you want to do in this lifetime. It's also amazing to hear that quite a few of you have read it multiple times and even bought copies for friends, so thank you again. Just in case you weren't aware, I created a free companion video course for the book. And in these videos, I walk you through the big takeaways and practices from each chapter. And I even cover some extra stuff that's not included in the book. Information on how to access the course is in newer versions of the book. And if you own an older version of the book and you don't know how to access the course, just hit me up via the contact form at triplinear.com and we'll get you all set up. And one last thing, if you're one of the thousands who have already read the book, please consider leaving an honest review on Amazon so that others can decide if it's right for them. Again, thank you so much for reading. This book will make you dangerous. And now let's start the show. You are listening to the new man beyond the macho jerk and the new age wimp. Your host is men's coach, Trip Lemire. Are you sick of the pissing match that's being played out in politics and the media? Can you no longer be friends with folks because you have differing political views? And what if it's possible that we're being manipulated to believe this funhouse mirror version of reality? Today, we take a look at some practical ways that we can reclaim our power while the media and masses act like turd-tossing toddlers. I invite you to keep whatever ideas work for you and discard the rest. All right, let's talk about that time that I was a mercenary. That's right, I was a mercenary. And on this particular night, I was hired to end someone's career. It was way past midnight, and there were coffee cups and fast food wrappers scattered all around the office. My client, who was a political consultant, was directing me to edit a hit spot, a TV commercial that was designed to smear the opponent. Now, this particular hit was especially ugly and only vaguely rooted in reality. And if this thing hit the air, it was going to do more than just leave a mark. It would probably send this political opponent crawling back to his district, begging for a new job. So I, I, I remember turning around and talking to the consultant. I, he's the guy who wrote and directed the hit. And I asked him, why, why does it have to be so brutal? And he gulped down the last of his coffee and he said, that's because people don't write checks or get out to vote unless they're pissed off or scared. So years before I became a professional coach, I owned a video production facility. In addition to our normal bread and butter work, I spent about eight years working with political consultants from both sides of the aisle during campaign season. And to be clear, I've never cared much for politics. And after seeing how the sausage was made, I certainly don't associate politics with solving problems. Back then, I was hired to edit those ridiculous TV ads that should have only aired as parodies on Saturday Night Live. The money was fantastic, but to justify doing this kind of work, I told myself that viewers, they would know it was clearly bullshit. I told myself that the distortions and fear-mongering were so obvious that no one would take it seriously. But I was wrong. People did take it seriously. The ads did what they were designed to do. They pushed buttons. 
they distorted the truth. They misinformed. And as a result, people got pissed off. They got scared. And many of those people wrote checks to campaigns and they voted accordingly. The shit worked. I never forgot what that political consultant said to me that night. And it helped me understand the power of two important phrases. One, divide and conquer. And two, follow the money. Fast forward 20 or so years, and here we are. As a culture, we're blinded by our own herd mentality. We're living in a world of distortions and fear-mongering. As a collective, we're willingly eating our own tail. But we don't have to play the victim to this divide-and-conquer stuff. So today, I'm going to share a few thoughts to help us recognize this bullshit so that we can pivot into power when our buttons have been pushed. I'm going to give us a few tools so that we can ultimately stay out of this collective fever dream that so many have come to believe is real. So let's start there. What is real? First off, let's consider that we, you, me, and that asshat you can't effing stand, are far more alike than we may believe, meaning we all basically want to get up the same mountain. We just have very different paths for getting there. Recently, Mark Manson published a newsletter where he shared a study that set out to find out just how similar we are. And the number? 93%. As in, across many cultures all around this planet, we all tend to agree on what's most important about 93% of the time. I've included the links to this post in the study if you want to go check them out for yourself. Now, if this is indeed true, and we, as an entire human race, are 93% in agreement on what's most important, then how do we end up with the felt sense that we're living amongst the enemy? How do we end up believing we're on the verge of a civil war? How do we end up becoming so divided? The short answer is because a few folks benefit greatly when we're at each other's throats. And so to figure out who, we simply need to ask, who would gain more power from dividing us? Who would benefit financially from distorting the truth? Now remember, pissed off, scared people take action. They watch the videos and they end up seeing the ads. They click on links and they see the ads. They share articles, they donate money to organizations, they vote and they put people into power. Now, it's easy to want to blame the enemy or those guys or the side we already despise. But keep in mind, those benefiting from pushing our buttons may be the very people we currently trust, the very people that want to distort reality and activate our nervous system may be in our tribe. We don't need to put on our tinfoil hats just yet, but we do want to be willing to consider the possibility that our tribe is attempting to manipulate us for greater power and financial gain. Scratch that. Our tribe is most definitely manipulating us for greater power and financial gain. This is just what groups do, whether they realize it or not. In fact, many times they feel absolutely justified to do it because they believe what they see in their distorted funhouse mirror view of the world. They may truly believe that they're at war. Now, getting us to watch the latest ad for urethra or click on a link or vote for a candidate may not seem like that much of a dick move, but there is certainly a greater cost that we all pay. First off, when we buy into this funhouse mirror version of reality, we end up living in a world where we fear one another. Our neighbors, our fellow countrymen, and those that just look a bit different from us are assumed to be the enemy unless they signal 
otherwise. And this means we feel more isolated and alone, even though we're surrounded by so many others. Second, when we become fixated on problems and pointing fingers, we stop looking for solutions. As long as we stay stuck in the boxing ring, tearing each other down, we waste valuable time to find a way to actually make things better. And third, this ultimately kills our peace of mind. Instead of enjoying our good fortune and finding ways to lift one another up, we end up getting older and grumpier and oblivious to all that is already going well. So if we truly want to live in a better world, then instead of waiting for our enemy or the system to change, what's possible if we take responsibility for ourselves? To do that, we'll need to recognize when someone's trying to push our buttons. We need to come back to our common ground and then learn how to solve problems like adults instead of turd-tossing toddlers. The first step to ending this tail-chasing madness is to simply recognize when we're being manipulated. And this one's pretty easy. How so? By noticing when we're feeling scared or outraged or shocked. And we'll know we're feeling this way when we say things like, what the F? Can you believe this shit? Let's imagine, let's imagine that we have a gauge on our dashboard that flashed when we felt this way. But instead of being hijacked or doing something reactive, we could learn to see our anger, our disgust, and our fear simply as information. Oh, wait, I'm pissed off. I'm scared. This means someone may be attempting to manipulate me. If I'm pissed or disgusted or scared, they believe I'll click, that I'll share the post or I'll send money. I'll fall in line and stop thinking for myself. Developing this kind of awareness is simple, and with practice, it will become easier. Next, let's explore a few indicators that someone may be trying to push our buttons. We can always spot bullshit when there is a clear villain, a clear victim, and especially a hero or rescuer. As humans, we love this trio of archetypes. It's great fun for a Saturday afternoon action movie plot. But we all learn through experience that complex, perpetual conflicts are not created by a single villain. They're co-created by everyone involved. One group was a little naughty, and so the other group felt justified to be a little naughty, and then the first group felt really justified to be even naughtier, and now we've got a stage five shitstorm. Welcome to humanity. Meanwhile, as this is happening, both groups firmly believe that they were victimized by the villains on the other side. They firmly believe that attacking and tearing down the enemy is completely justified. They just can't see it any other way. And all of this opens the door for a rescuer to make his or her entrance. When we're in this drama triangle, we willingly want to believe that this person or group or movement or whatever is going to save the day. We willingly give over our power and freedom. And if this rescuer doesn't make all of the bad stuff go away, then guess what? They become the new villain. That's a trap, folks. There's just no winning this game. It's a huge waste of time and resources. And if you want to learn more about the drama triangle, check out the video that I created for it on YouTube. Regardless, we'll know that our buttons are being pushed when we believe that one group are clearly the good guys Another group are clearly the evil villains, and somebody or something is going to come along and save the day or make it all great again. Let's talk about another way that our buttons get pushed. This one's a big trigger. It's a huge trigger. It shows up when we believe we're in a bind and are forced to choose between two sides, as in you're either with us or against us. In this delusion, there's no nuanced or middle way. One side is correct 
and the other side is wrong. If we disagree with or even criticize our own group, then we open ourselves up to be punished, shamed, or cast out altogether. As social creatures, we're highly sensitive to this deep desire to belong. We're programmed to avoid doing anything that will get us kicked out of the group. This is why author and moral psychologist Jonathan Haidt says, what binds us also blinds us. And as long as we're fixated on the threat from the other side, then we tend to become blind to the ways that our own side could improve. We're even fearful to constructively criticize for fear of retribution. You can check out my interview with Jonathan Haidt on The New Man as well. We go into that quite a bit. Point being, we'll know that our buttons are being pushed when we feel pressured to overlook the faults of our own group or choose a side just to avoid punishment, judgment, or criticism. And there's at least one more way that we can tell if our buttons are being pushed. We don't have to look very far throughout history or today to see how demonizing or dehumanizing others has been used to justify doing horrible acts against one another. It's one thing to disagree with folks, and it's quite another to want them to suffer or die. When we jump the gap between differing opinions to believing the other side is the devil in the flesh, then we can start to believe it's our job to tear that person or group down. And it's much easier to do this if we believe that the others aren't human beings with hopes and dreams and fears and loved ones too. From this heartless perspective, we're more likely to end careers, cancel, or even commit violence because we feel perfectly justified, even righteous, to do so. Now, let's be clear. There are plenty of pricks walking this planet. There are certainly legitimate threats in our world. But let's wake up. Let's realize that the guy you went to high school with isn't one of them just because you can't stand his moronic comment on Facebook. Point being, we're probably getting our buttons pushed when we feel justified to believe, say, or do awful things to another human being just because we disagree with them. So once we start to track that we're getting our buttons pushed, what can we do instead? Well, instead of losing ourselves in anger or giving our power over to the drama, we can zoom out. For example, in the case of some kind of, quote, news story that leads us to feel pissed off or disgusted, we can see that, that gauge on our dashboard. We can recognize that we're in a reactive state, and then we can choose to get curious. We can look at what's being said or suggested and ask, what if this isn't completely true? What if I'm not getting the entire story? What if this is a distortion of what's actually happening? We can reclaim our power in that moment by simply recognizing what's more likely to be true. Oh, wait a second. Instead of giving up my peace of mind, I can remember that for some, this is a game, but I don't have to be a pawn in it. From this place, we can make better choices about what needs to be done to correct the problem. If we truly care about finding solutions, then we ditch the finger pointing and get curious. Instead of looking for ways to prove we're right, we can look for solutions that actually move the needle. We can look for data instead of demons. We can find research instead of rescuers. We're going to meet resistance for sure. It's going to seem dangerous to that primitive part of our mind to unplug from these habits. After all, we're deeply afraid to be uncomfortable, to be bored, or to miss out on the action. We're deeply afraid of feeling left out of the group, even if they're the ones swept up in this countrywide pro wrestling match. But eventually, 
we may find this way of living far more rewarding than getting into pissing matches or lashing out and giving the other side more justifications to dehumanize us. You can always test it for yourself and see. People and organizations, and I'm not just talking about politics or media here, they're knowingly and consistently trying to provoke us, scare us, and piss us off. They're doing this largely for their own gain, either in terms of power or finances. They can't see any further into the future than their own dicks and wallets, which means they don't care how divided we become. They don't care if we lose sleep at night. They don't care if we end long-held friendships. They believe dividing and conquering is justified and worth it. Recognizing what we feel and say will help us identify when we're being manipulated. Instead of falling into the trap, we can use this realization to take more grounded, creative action. Instead of giving away our power, we can reclaim our peace of mind and act with brains, heart, and balls. We can remember that we're far, far, far more alike than not. If you'd like to learn more about owning your power and protecting your peace of mind, check out This Book Will Make You Dangerous, and you can always visit triplinear.com to learn more about coaching with me. Thanks so much for listening. If these interviews are helping you, please leave a positive review on whatever podcast app you use so that others can discover the show more easily.